Johnny. I see dead people. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Ghosts. I want to play a game. Happy Halloween. It's the Sports Zeller Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. It fits perfect. Well, well, it looks like the Walgreens logo representing Washington, D.C. won all four games to win the World Series on the road for the first time in major professional sports in North America. Congratulations to the Nationals. What an exciting, drama-filled game. Everything I could have hoped for. Spectacular. Grinky was just on fire. I thought he was throwing a great game. And then you get to that seventh inning, and the tide turned. You really didn't know until late in the game. It was up in the air. It was anybody's game at that point. It was just so much fun. Let me just uh, let me just party like I'm Ovechkin. Ovechkin partied with the Nationals, and I guarantee you they were drinking vodka, and he might still be drunk from when they actually won the cup. It, it's been <laughs> think about sports in Washington D.C. All of a sudden, Capitals win one, Nationals win one. Don't have to worry about the Wizards. They're taking over as title town. No, they're or the Redskins. <laughs> they're in Knicks territory. But you know they were doing that, man, and it was like. It is kind of funny to watch everybody in the stadium doing that. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of weird and goofy. And You thought it went away. You know, if you're a parent, you're like, oh, oh, what is this baby shark? I mean, it charted in the Hot 100. It's an earworm. It is. You can hate it, but you'll be humming it. It's like you get a Q-tip, you clean your ears out. For some reason, you got that itch in there that won't go away for six hours, and it's the baby shark song. But... It was like Gloria with St. Louis and the Blues when they won the Stanley Cup. They just adopt something ridiculous, and it takes off, and it just becomes almost like synonymous with that team and this journey to stay in the fight and and to win this thing, and they did it. And then, yeah, it's like 40,000 people doing the baby shark thing, and it's people that never would have done it, even if it was with their kids when it crossed over into sports and it's their favorite team. All of a sudden, D.C.'s on fire with Baby Shark. Let me just drop two other words on you besides Baby Shark. Oh, God, no. Howie Kendrick. Howie Kendrick, 36. Man, he deserved that. Zimmerman, how about that? How about all of those former Detroit players winning one? Max Scherzer. It's Nothing sucks about seeing grown men, Scoop, with the joy of a child winning a, a baseball game, winning that. It was... it. If you don't get a little bit, I don't know, have that chopping onions feel, if you're not a little verklempt and a little teary and feeling that yourself and don't have that kind of empathy, it's an amazing thing to watch. It gets me every single year, no matter what championship, even if it's teams I can't stand, if it was a Red Sox, I'm like, that's amazing for that fan base that has suffered for 84 years. And it struck me, too, like how different – Baseball, basketball, and hockey are from football because the Super Bowl is always a neutral location because nobody's won their way into their their home field in football. So it's just different. And the, the whole idea of a team possibly winning a championship on the visitor's turf or visitor's ice yeah. or the visitor's court. It's different. It, it adds. It's, it's a, a strange thing. And like. Especially when you have that whole presentation of the Stanley Cup in hockey. 
I mean, in most cases, you'll see the opposing fans in that venue stay and watch the other team celebrate because it is such a momentous occasion. No matter where you are out there in listening land, you can recall the Syracuse Crunch and having to see another team with that celebration. You can recall the Utica Comets a few years ago with the Manchester Monarchs and watching that trophy presentation. It, and it's it's even different seeing it in person than watching it on TV. It hits even closer to home then. You can see the sweat dripping off their faces, and it's just it's an amazing, amazing thing to be a part of. It's almost an indescribable feeling unless you're in that exact moment when it's happening. You can watch it after the fact. It's not the same thing. When you're watching it live, in person, on TV, no matter what championship celebration, it just gets you. It gets you every time. That celebration, he th- the pitcher throws the glove. Whipped it. Where'd oh. it go? Probably still doesn't know where the glove is. And and, and it's on, you know, and, the, and the, the pylon on the mound, just... One of the most beautiful things in sports, without question. It abs- and it was a good game. And, and it was. And I kept thinking the Astros were going to maybe hit a couple of home runs and, and make this a game again, you know, even after the seventh. But it was not to be because the Nationals poured it on a little heavier. I wanted to give you a list of some of the artifacts that will be headed to Cooperstown, not far away, the Hall of Fame of Baseball. What's going to be immortalized because the Nationals won the championship? Davey Martinez hoodie, Steven Strasburg, MVPs, Game 6 jersey, Howie Kendrick, who you brought up, the Game 7 home run ball, Max Scherzer's Game 7 cap, Juan Soto's Game 1 home run, Anthony Rendon's bat, Kurt Suzuki spikes, and Fernando Rodney, his glove, the oldest player in Major League Baseball. 17 years, 11 teams. The dude, everybody knows the bow and arrow celebration when he closes a game. The hat's always askew. He's a character and a personality within the game, beloved on every team he's ever been on. When you see guys like that fulfill that, think about that. 42 is is an eternity to wait in a Major League Baseball career. You're old. You are old as dirt in Major League Baseball. He's twice as old as Juan Soto. Absolutely. I think the the stat, we have the stat here. Juan Soto... Well, was just a gleam in his parents' eye, and Fernando Rodney is pitching with the Tigers in Detroit in 1999. Here it is. Juan Soto just turned 21 years old. Fernando Rodney is 42. Juan Soto was born in 1998. Fernando Rodney began his pro career in Detroit in 1999, and they are now teammates and world champions. It's amazing. And that game made up for the stinkers that really weren't contested. I mean, those three games in D.C., where they only managed three runs. I, what, they got like one hit with runners in scoring position or something crazy like that. Uh, and for them to turn it around. And every team win, both teams winning every game on the road in this series. Uh, it's unprecedented and fascinating and just lent to the drama of the whole evening. I enjoyed it immensely. And Garrett Cole saying he's not a representative of the team as soon as the game was over well, with now was also very interesting. That's an interesting little left turn there. I'm an, no longer employed for the team or whatever. I mean, that was a little awkward. That was know? a 2019 thing to say for sure. It basically, he's saying, I'm done. I'm not going to play here next year. Have a nice, have a nice day. All, all right, I'll go talk to the press really quick. 
It, it it does. It's just fitting though that Ovechkin was in on the celebration. I don't Did know why. Did you see the Garrett Cole? There was a moment when the celebration was going on, and he was maybe walking out of the bullpen yeah. or whatever. The scowl on his face. Yeah, he was not happy at all. You could oh, you could feel it through the screen. I mean, the glare. And so, hey, welcome to the Yankees, I guess, Garrett Cole. And then Bryce Harper, of course. Yeah, I hope so. I'll take Strasburg, too. I hope he opts out. And they got a good thing going down there right now. Look at that pitching staff. I don't know. You want to keep that together. And they've got Juan Soto alone is a building block, a cornerstone. Rendon, I mean, we could go on. That's a good team. They've got some real good players. But Bryce Harper signs the free agent deal with the Phillies, opening press conference. Of course, he says, we can't wait to bring that title back to D.C. Turns out he's a prophet. They did it without him. So some of the interesting trolls and tweets and things like that, he's getting blasted. He's getting memed, or as he called it originally, memmied, if you remember that piece of <laughs> pop culture. Uh, but great tweet from Dan Clark Sports. I called Bryce Harper's phone. This is right after the game, after Game 7 ends. He goes, but there was no ring. Ah, Bazinga. And uh, I want to, oh, you got another one. Yeah, one more. Winning the World Series. Priceless. Boom. Oh, I I mean, these are the tame ones. There's some. Do you have your bad joke uh, ready and queued up? No, I have too much other stuff pertaining to the World Series. Bad sports joke. Hey, I'm not writing these. I'm just the messenger here. Pat Corbin, Cicero North Syracuse. We had to go there. MVCC, late inning relief. Uh, a hero in this game, without question. And now he's got a ring. And boy, coming back home. Coming back home to Syracuse at some point. Show it off. Come see the family. Love every minute of that. If you are in his family, his friend, think about every dude that grew up with him. Maybe you were in his neighborhood. Maybe you went to school with him. Maybe you played sports with him. That is still in the Cuse right now and has a tale to tell that maybe late last night was out having a beer. Man, I grew up with that guy. Think he about- struck me out back in, you know. <laughs> Everybody ringing the doorbell in family members' neighborhoods tonight. Happy Halloween. Yeah, way to go, champions. Congratulations. Think about all of that, how that extends out. It's a big deal that the Nats won last night. It was just an immensely entertaining game. And and like I said earlier, I thought Grenke was rolling. And, I you know, I'm thinking, well, can the – the Nationals muster anything here late in the game. And and Juan Soto, uh, every time he reaches base, the little salute to whoever is up there. Yeah, know, I love that. Uh, just a classy guy. You know, starts as a 20-year-old, finishes this as a 21-year-old, and just a key component to this World Series championship. Just in time to have a wink-wink celebratory beverage, perhaps, oh, yeah. now that he's a world champion. couple of little tidbits. Scherzer, 210 million. 175, Strasburg, Corbin, 140, winning the World Series once again with the Bryceless. There's some great stuff out there. Is that bad? He's getting trolled big time, Bryce Harper. Why am I drawn to the really bad dad cheesy sports jokes? Well, you're a dad, and you know, dad jokes are a thing that dads do. Guys, can I give you can I give you some of the actual sound of the game last night, though, as we wrap up our opening segment here on the Sportzilla show? Three, two. Washington Nationals manager Dave Martinez. A bunch of relentless, resilient bunch of guys, man. They love to play the game. Today we were down, but they never thought they were out. 
just an, a testament to these guys. I mean, they, they fought all year long, and uh, guess what? We stayed in the fight. We won the fight. And last but not least, just remember this was at one point the Expos, the Montreal Expos. Not bad being a Washington National today. It's good to be their owner. Put yourself in his place right now. Feel this. This is the moment he accepted the trophy when the Nationals became champions. And the dream came true. And we did it for the fans of Washington. They've been great. And we look forward to continued success in the future. Thank you. After 50 games, they were 19 and 31. And 40 games over 500 basically since. Truly remarkable. We got to take our first break. Up next, talk some NBA, specifically uh, Joel Embiid, with some language we can't probably repeat on a sports talk station. Uh, but it rhymes, it rhymes with a witch. And that's, of course, part of Halloween. So we can say that, right? Yeah. And a cat fight. Carl Anthony Towns, see what I did there? Another cheesy. All right, all right, Dad. I, I read it online, guys. The Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Be right back. Had a scary good Halloween. <laughs> it's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. It's the RomanoCars.com Quad Show Saturday, News Channel 9 and ESPN Syracuse, Stephen Fonte and James Monroe with the last-minute breakdown of SU versus BC from the Quad, 11 to noon Saturday. Scoop and Rain in the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. And, of course, as always in the studio with us, the glue guy, Matt, breaking international news, and it's of a sports entertainment variety and the best part of this is, yeah, it's mostly guys that listen to sports talk, but there's some ladies out there that love their sports, too. And in 2019, we got to accept that. They're in the workplace, and they're in the locker rooms, and they're kicking butt on the radio. See, Mina Kimes, Sarah Spain, and I, uh, Katie Nolan. I could go on and on and on. And they're in the ring, baby. Yeah, that's right. And I love to see these ladies doing something that empowers women around the world because we've got daughters and we've got sisters and we've got mothers and we've got wives and we've got girlfriends and what's happening right now as we speak halfway around the world is now being brought to you by the glue guy matt in saudi arabia natalia hart and Lacey evans we're in the saudi arabian ring right now for wwe crown jewel first time ever women inside a wrestling ring in Saudi Arabia. Correct. You have to understand that is a very sexist country. It just is. They do not elevate they their women. They were covered up, but they yeah. were able to wrestle. They do not They do not treat their women as equals. It's just a fact. And to see them have that opportunity, I think it's a source of pride for Saudi Arabian women as well. Because we're all human. And I think that's a fantastic thing. Background, though. The two fighters in the ring. Give the background on who they are. Tell tell everybody. Correct. Natalia is Bret Hart's daughter. There you go. Or a granddaughter. Um, and then Lacey Evans, she's a former Marine, so she's been around the countries before. And this is her first time being in a Saudi Arabian ring, as is Natalia Hart. Salute. Awesome. And you were saying that they were actually crying after Yeah, a, as soon as the match bit. got over with. Because, because of the hugeness of the moment. The magnitude that was there. Um, fireworks are going off around the ring. 
They were hugging each other, and the crowd was going nuts from what I could tell. And they've, WWE, correct me if I'm wrong, they've been to Saudi Arabia before. This is their third time going? Yet, in the previous two times, the government basically would not allow women to wrestle, and they have now made it happen. They wouldn't even allow anyone to, like, interview talent backstage as a woman. That's just, I, I can't even conceive of that. I can't. All right. We broke news. International news of a sporting variety. So let's transition to, I mean, that just, we just found out about that due to social media, keeping tabs on that. But it's been all over social media, too, if you're flipping through. There was a cat fight. And if you go on, uh, now, and listen, I'm going to explain myself. You want to look at the top headlines in the association, in the NBA. Joel Embiid, K-A-T, it's cat with a K, but the cat brawl in Philly. 76ers, cat was the aggressor in the fight. Steph has broken hand. Harden drops 59 versus Wizards. I could probably drop 49 versus the Wizards because we referenced earlier they're not that good. Kyle Kuzma returning to the Lakers. That's big news because the Lakers look pretty good this year. They're going to be a factor, especially now because Steph broke his hand. And you might be looking at a lottery pick with all the other injuries. KD leaves. Clay Thompson's out for the season. It's not going well. Think about the how hard and fast they fell. It's going to be the Draymond Green show. Yeah, it, which does, it's. I'm sorry, he's not. He can't be the guy. He can't be the guy because KD even said he's one of the reasons that he left and went to the Nets. And then RJ, actually Barrett of the Knicks, one the one positive light for my team. Well, he, there's two of them. We got Mitchell Robinson. Well, yes, but RJ's the next projected superstar. What about Frank with the guy who has the hard name for me to pronounce? Nilakina? He's like fourth on the depth chart, and that's saying something because the the Knicks have four point guards that aren't that good to begin with, and they're having some issues. I should say that, though, because one of them is now out dealing with an unfortunate death in the family. Uh, But he has passed Zion due to Zion being six to eight weeks delayed in starting his season as the rookie of the year favorite. That's some of the things happening in the NBA. But, of course, you know what we're going to focus on. What's getting the headlines? Blue guy, the fight. The fight and also the fact that's not really being mentioned, but Ben Simmons put uh, Cat Williams or Cat Towns, rather, in a headlock. Yeah. Now, now break this down for me because this is – I was – all World Series last night, and I completely missed this. So Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns were going for a rebound, if I recall. That's correct. And they were getting physical with one another. And next thing you know, it's just a whole out brawl. Fight. And it. I mean, let's not lie. It's no part in the game, but it sure is fun when it is. And the next thing you know, Ben Simmons has him down on the ground, and he's in a headlock. And Joel Embiid gets dragged out of there, and then they're talking smack, and then there's ejections. And then they both spent the rest of the night after their their ejections going after each other on social media, posting pictures on Instagram and on Twitter. And hold on. Joel Embiid saying, I was raised around lions. I'm not afraid of you. I'm going to read you Joel Embiid's tweet from last night. And he added Carl Anthony Towns. He added Kat. He says, yeah, that tough guy act ain't cutting it. You know what you are? You know what you've always been? A bleep. Uh, say it louder for the people in the back. Been kicking your bleep and pretty please make the playoffs before you talk. It's a known thing that I owe you, that I own you. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns came back around hash, hashtagging, hashtagging, excuse me, with the B word and saying that he ain't one in posting pictures of basically <laughs> Joel Embiid looking like he's either going to cry or he's in pain oh, or being outdone 
in in a game by Carl Anthony Towns. So they went back and forth basically like this a couple. This is a soap opera. Yes, like a couple of 12-year-old immature boys. This is days of our lives. A couple of good players, but they, they shouldn't. They're still young. They shouldn't lower themselves. But it's, it's it is entertaining, though, isn't it? Isn't it part? I of expect what? this from guards more than I do centers. Yeah, honestly. all you fellas out there that made fun of your grandmama watching her stories every day, and you are on Twitter eating this stuff up. You ain't no different than grandmama. But I'm looking at I'm looking at things like that, and I'm looking at the landscape of the NBA, and I'm just going to step back for. I'm a on second. Team Joel, by the way. I am too. Oh, without a doubt, I love Joel Embiid. Yeah, that dude is awesome. He yeah, watches interview on Hot Ones. The process, the, the wings, the chicken wings show, great on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. The process. It's all about the process. If you look at his Twitter, he even has that on his on his picture. Yeah, it's the process. But I want to step back in the big picture of the NBA, and I still want to put it out there because I'm a homer, a little bit biased. This is Syracuse. We love Carmelo Anthony. Well, Steph's down. The dude needs a job. He's going to get the NBA minimum. I still think he's a very good basketball player. He clearly has to be humbled enough at this point to play somewhat the modern game and get away from the ISO, even if you want him to just be a specialist and shoot. Carmelo can play. Carmelo can still get some rebounds. Look, I still think he should end up on the Lakers. I think it's a because, too. because we were making fun of the fact that Dwight Howard had a job. Didn't he go off the other night? Yes, he did. He was nine for nine. He went ballistic on the court. It'll can s- Carmelo do that once in a while? I think so. LeBron says, "Listen, listen, bro. We could get you a ring here. All the crap you've put up with, all the nonsense with the Knicks and everything else, being blackballed the last season or so." We get you a ring. Accept the role. Be a depth player. Just come in. Give us those five, six, seven, eight minutes. Give a guy a breather. Put up some points. Get a few rebounds. You're going to be fresh. It'll take care of your age. It'll spell LeBron who's getting up there. We've got some real good young players. We've got a prime age elite superstar on this team right now with those eyebrows. Let's do this. Let's get that ring. Then you've got that college ring. You've got all those Olympic medals, those gold medals, where you were the man. You're the best player, most decorated player in the history of USA basketball. You've got that with Haim, and then you cap that off in that career with an NBA ring because you're going to the Hall of Fame and going to be recognized finally for what you are, one of the best players of a generation. I'm done. What do you think? I would love him on the Lakers. Yes. And I think for all of those reasons that you just laid out, would spell uh, some rest for some of these other guys. I think he could still contribute. I think he'd like to contribute. Why is he not on a team? Yeah, I mean, I'm throwing the, I'm throwing Golden State because uh, there's a roster well, spot. But well, you know, and he probably doesn't want to just go to a- any team, right? But like, you tell me the Cleveland Cavaliers couldn't use right. him, or is there is that not a perfect fit though in Los he, Angeles? Isn't it? I think it's a perfect fit. I don't think he wants to go to a crappy team like Washington or Cleveland, it'd be kind of a a waste of his effort. But if he could go somewhere where a ring is a possibility, I think he should do it. And I why aren't they talking to him? In the grand scheme of things, Mello's a good dude. Mello gives back. You know, hey, we all have little skeletons in our closet and things and whatever. But in the grand scheme of things in the big picture, he's a pretty solid dude. And he has done a lot that you don't hear about for other people. I mean, there's a practice facility to help out the kids that come into this program, and he's been out of it four years since 2003. He's given back. He's beloved. I, I think he, he does he, a lot of stuff in Baltimore, too. He sure does. I think he deserves that ring, and I think 
it, it will change the narrative about him. And I, who could talk to him? Who can reason with him? LeBron, because he respects him. Correct. Exactly. And I think... Or Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul could too, but I don't think the Thunder... They already traded for him at one point. Yeah, it's not going to happen. No, LeBron's that. LeBron is, I think, the the guy he wants to play some basketball with. I think he also likes that situation because he's got a house in L.A. to begin with. Here's the other thing, too. Carmelo doesn't have to join this team right now. The, no. La- the Lakers can work on their chemistry a little bit. It's a long season. But at some point, they may already be talking about Mello, this. Melo, start getting the legs in shape. Melo always does, though. You constantly see things where he's always playing basketball. He loves the game. He's getting people together. I guarantee you, I'm not saying he's in game shape in the NBA, but I don't think he's that far away. If you walked up to him right now and knocked on his door, he opened the door and you walked in and sat down and said, so, got an idea. Got a contract here for the Lakers. Give me give me 10 days, I'll be ready to go. Guarantee it. Uh, December 15th is a key date to note because in the NBA, if you were signed in the offseason, you can then be traded on that date. That's right. So maybe can. they get rid of some players that they signed in the offseason to make a roster spot for him. I don't see any and it's NBA minimum. It's Correct. it's the NBA minimum. That's all that's all they need to give him is the vets exemption. He's good to go. Not a bad idea. Let's By take By the way, break. Anthony Davis, great signing for the Lakers. Great right. trade rather. It sure was. It was a brilliant one and I mean, it, he got where he wanted to go. He's in the position he wants to be in. The Sportsilla show ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. What the heck is happening at Deadspin? It's a mass exodus. That's next. Whatever you do, don't Open the door. Happy Halloween. <laughs> it's the Sportszilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Raymond Scoop. So, give me that quick little tidbit. Let's bring it back to the World Series, Scoop. Oh, what? Mattress Mac, the dude who bit... Who bit uh, let me start over here. He was gambling uh, a twenty million dollar bet. Figures, it, you know, he had it tied into a three thousand dollar refund for anybody who bought furnitures and stuff from his store. Because you Fig- covered this yesterday. Figures he lost twelve to fourteen million dollars. An initial four million dollar bet at the beginning of the season on Houston. Yeah. Whoever would have thought would have won twenty million is is what he would have won. And whoever would have thought it would have been all road victories for the entire. Seven games. The 40th time there's been a game seven in Major League Baseball history, by the way. That's fantastic. Great fun. But I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to have this discussion, okay, about Deadspin. And I brought this up a couple days ago and we've been, we've been chatting about it in other parts of the radio station. We haven't brought it on the air yet. And, and what would give you a chance to wrap your head around it a little bit, but gave you a little bit more background. And, and I think I'm going to throw a name of an independent publication and a lot of prints print publications have gone online and now you're starting to see a lot of them go by the wayside. There's various reasons. We don't need to dig that far into the weeds in this breaking news. Josh Gordon just got released of the Patriots of the Patriots gone. Well, Deadspin is the type of place that would do an expose on that type of story, that human story. But, but let me just lay this out for you, Scoop. Mad Magazine, I know you love Mad. Yes, I do. Been affected by the type of thing that's happened with Deadspin. Their writers have been, over the last really 72 hours, if you're looking online, a mass exodus. They all quit, right? Of talent. They're resigning. They're leaving. It even started with uh, 
Megan Greenwell, she wrote a farewell post. She was the editor-in-chief until she resigned and quit her position on August after about 18 months on the job. She said that they would not guarantee the site's editorial independence. What Deadspin has done, basically, is said, we've got to stick to sports now. and well, that's, It's the new ownership, right? They lost all that money in correct. that lawsuit with correct Hulk Hogan. And, and and so then there was new ownership. Gawker Media was the is has something to do with this. And Gawker just went bankrupt because, basically, they had to liquidate, and all their money went to Hulk Hogan because of the whole lawsuit with the videotape and blah, blah, blah. And, and so it's all it's part of that conglomerate. Well, yeah, now this new ownership, that is what they are telling their staff they have to do. You've got to stick to sports. So there's no there's no editorial independence. They're not free to write those human interest types of stories, stuff on the lunatic fringe of sports. Yes, it's sports centered. But they go, sorry, that pun wasn't intended, but they go other places with it. It was the standard bearer for independent media, very much a niche industry as far as the big conglomerates. Obviously, you know what I'm talking about. Your ESPN is a perfect example of that. But so Megan Greenwell said, basically, since they wouldn't guarantee that, I'm out of here. Well, now this trickle down has happened over the last few months where the rest of them are getting fed up and they're like, I'm going elsewhere. And there is a lot of talented people. I don't know if you're into Deadspin and I know you have a See, little. See, I'm, I'm, I'm not. And I haven't been into Gawker because I, and I've, I look at it because people share it on social media and I've looked at it, but I've always been suspect of their journalistic credentials. And I read stuff that I go, who wrote this? Yeah. And, and it's, but I'm used to newspapers and I'm used to, People like Brent Axe and who have gone to school and learned how to do this. And sometimes I just thought it was a little yellow journalism. It was a little sensational. And it is. But there's also, when you filter out some of that and a few of the duds, there's some great stuff in there. I'll give you an example. As you know, Julia Rose, one of the three girls that flashed at the World Series. Well, Garrett Cole blocked her. She tweeted this, but... She on her big screen TV has Garrett Cole walking across the screen after they won or after they lost last night. And she said, I would tag Garrett Cole as she, with no shirt on, raised her hands and said hello to him sitting in her living room, uh, fully exposed. But he can't see it because he's blocked her on Twitter. But that is the type of story that they would have picked up and wrote about and expounded on at Deadspin. That's a, well, yeah, and the whole Kogan thing was right. also something they did that kind of killed their business. But let, but let me temper that by explaining to you, wasn't too long ago you and I were talking about the documentary about Corey Conacher, who, by the way, after a quick call up to Tampa, has just been reassigned back to the Syracuse Crunch, but Miracle Baby. They followed him around with cameras, great documentary in the Syracuse Film Festival. That is also the type of story that they would write on Deadspin. And I love the human interest pieces and that side of sports also. Yes, I love to watch the games and I love the traditional stuff, but I like to branch out. And I just think I just think it's a travesty. You're, you're sad that everybody is bailing out and what has happened to this place that you went every day that you really enjoyed. And I'm reading a lot of comments from people who are sad about this because it was a daily thing. Literally, it's a, it's a damn shame. They it's, felt like it was their own. There's a connection to it, and I get that. Even though I'm not in that realm, it's not me. I just I could never really warm up to it. Nothing is 100% perfect, and there is a little bit of, of what you suggested 
if you go and you check them out, uh, if you read their stuff, their writers' pieces. But at the same time, there's been some great, great writing and journalism in there, stuff that you would never know otherwise. Well, hopefully they get jobs other places, and we can read them other places. And, yes, some of this, some of it's been a little controversial, and I don't necessarily agree with all of it. I'm not saying that, but for the most part, overall, it was just I, I looked forward to reading stuff that was on there. They always had something every day that would catch my eye, suck me in, and I'd read the whole thing. They don't have Mina Kimes. No, they don't, and she's fantastic. The stuff she's doing for ESPN in all of their platforms, she is a rock star right now. Sarah Spain's another one. I mean, there's and there's a lot of great, a lot of great men in different roles, obviously, but they stand out, and I think they're they stand out as voices because they're female in a male dominated world. But I'm just telling you, I think it's a damn shame, and I wish all of these great writers weren't leaving. All right, we're going to take a break. The Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, ninety-seven point seven and one hundred point one. I think we're going to go talk a little bit of Syracuse and a couple other surprises next. Trick or treat. We hope your Halloween is a scream. It's the Sportsilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Raymond Scoop. Join ESPN Syracuse for a special watch party of the Syracuse basketball opener versus Virginia Wednesday night. Lawrence Moten, Eric Devendorf, Roosevelt Bowie, and Dale Shackelford will join Seth Goldberg in our Armory Square studios. And they will react live to the action during the game. Watch the show live on twitch.tv slash Q's Sports Talk starting at 845 Wednesday when Syracuse takes on defending national champs Virginia. Scoop, have you seen that... There's uh, a Jim Beheim comment in relation to the charges that Seton Hall had tampered with Toreen Thompson, who played a season for SU. I'm sure many remember him. And then just, like, lickety-split, gone. I'm at Seton Hall. Well, I thought it was kind of interesting. The players said they would, like, send Snapchat and, yeah. and, and messages to him. And then suddenly, apparently, he just stopped responding to them. And he was also a guy where, like, his mom would take his phone or something like that. And it just... Sounds a little fishy, but Coach Bayheim says he didn't know anything about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's also a situation where he had explained at the time. Seton Hall coach has now been, you know, he's got to sit down for a couple of games. He's been suspended. That's right. And, I mean, Tareen said basically, you know, there's it's a family thing, too, because it's closer to where he's from. So it was kind of like a going home type of a thing. And Bayheim, Bayheim was, you know, his responsibility. I'm worried about the guys in my locker yeah, room, and I'm going to focus on this year. Yeah, and there's nothing I can do about it now. He's looking forward. He's not looking in the rearview mirror. He's so. always looking forward. But uh, Kevin Willard in a little trouble at Seton Hall, and well, who knows what else on earth with regards to this. Well, I had given the quote-unquote radio tease for this segment at the end of our last event where I'm like, we're going to come back, we're going to talk about Syracuse, and then just never said the word basketball. But that's just a little tidbit that I wanted to get in before. Uh, we got a couple minutes left. It is Halloween, obviously. And, Scoop, you got some feelings about Halloween. Did you see that stuff they did on the Today Show this morning? Yeah. I don't mind Halloween if people are dressed as athletes and things like that, but that was crazy. It made me want to kill Halloween. (laughs) Willie Geist. I want to kill Halloween now. And seriously, if you show up to work today in a Halloween costume, you know what I think about you? I think you don't work very hard. You know the great thing is the people in the office at uh, Galaxy Media Company – I think everybody went home at 3 o'clock. We've been in the studio for the better part of an hour, so I'm not sure. What the hell is wrong with you showing up at, at 
work in a Halloween costume. Halloween is for kids to go out and get candy. But that's what I love about it. When did it become it? this adults thing? Like at some point in time, it became this thing where adults go out and get wasted and they dress like strippers or Doesn't whatever. Everything become about going out to get wasted for some people. I mean, it was supposed to be about kids dressing up like a ghost or something, and they go and get a bag of candy. You know, my my son is my my boy, my four year old, the dude. He's he's Biter Man. Uh, he's got Spider Man shoes that light up. He actually is preparing for the changing into his costume later today by wearing one of his endless supply of Spider Man Big Boy undies, and he has a Spider Man shirt on. He's all about it today. He's he fakes shooting the web. That's adorable. That's why I love. That's why but, I love Halloween. But seriously, with, with the cosplay that goes on everywhere nowadays. Why do you need Halloween? It's true. You're doing it 365 days a year anyways. Clearly. Why do we, why do we need this stupid holiday? Scoops. Just for kids. It should be about kids. It should not be about adults coming to work, dressing up like witches and shepherds or whatever the hell they want to be. Robots. He's telling us how he really feels. Oh, I thought just just give me a, a Reese's cup, okay, and I'll be better. I thought you're being passive aggressive there. I mean, you got to clarify how you really feel about this. Scoop's daughter is probably not of the age to trick or treat anymore. I have. She'll probably be wearing a Halloween costume somewhere in Philadelphia tonight. She, Maybe you know she'll run into Joel Embiid. She probably will. All right, it's the Sportzilla Show. This is ESPN Radio, ninety-seven point seven and one hundred point one. Happy Halloween! Have a great night with your kids getting candy and steal some.